Lip Angle Show. I'm Austin Cabot. I'm Adam Jabay. And tonight... And I'm Tom Gorman. Oh, yeah, there we go. He beat me uh, to it. All over beat us, me um, to it. That's okay. Yeah, that's what winners do. That's what winners pretty do. They beat everybody. Uh, our, our Skype connection is uh, pretty good tonight. Actually. Yeah, it's pretty uh, decent. It's not, it's, not, it's, it's, not, it's not jumping around much. Yeah. So. I'm, I am pretty impressed. Now we probably yeah, jinxed uh, it, but... Yeah, we're 10 minutes in and watch the call go to total yeah. crap now. So we're, uh, we're all over the country. I'm in L.A., uh, Adam's in Chicago, and Tom is in Cincinnati. I assume. Believe it or not. I assume, yeah. yeah. yeah one of the rare days that you're in Cincinnati, that you're actually at home. <laughs> How many days uh, this year were you out of town, uh, Tom? I should count. I don't actually know. Um, I mean, if you calculate like two track nights a week, plus ride and drives, plus racing, over half? I don't know. Yeah, you, following your Facebook uh, is kind of like a tour of racetracks. It seems like you're at a different place like every day. Yeah, it's it's not bad. I like it. It, it makes me dislike my construction job very much. <laughs> but yeah, you've had a you've had a pretty good year, Tom. Just pretty I have, good. Yeah, I've, uh, I was going to say I've I've been home for like two weeks now, and I don't know what to do with myself anymore. So I need something to kick back up now. But yeah, it was a it was an awesome year. When, when was the last time you were on track? Was that at the Ark? Uh, yeah, two weeks ago at the Ark. Well, no. Do you count the indoor go kart race? Oh yeah, they <laughs> used a twenty four hour go kart race too. I did, and then I got back in a go kart today because I'm crazy and a glutton for punishment, I guess. But yeah, I guess today, if, if you count indoor karting, today counts. The uh, the tw- I guess the twenty four hour go kart race would be a place to start. What uh, what does that do to the carts and to your body? <laughs> it seems like both would be torn to pieces. Well, believe it or not, um, so it was a it was a uh, 24-hour indoor go-kart race at Full Throttle Indoor Karting, which you guys have both been to. I don't know that you actually raced, did you? No, we didn't no, get a chance to. Okay, so it was 24 hours, and it was actually a fundraiser for Racing for Vets, which is a, uh, I guess, program that a guy put together to give vets um, basically something to do, something to focus their time and energy on. They build race cars and they campaign race cars in all sorts of different stuff. They do carts and chump cars and whatever they get interested in. There's a team doing the Baja 1000. So oh. they've got different pockets around the country that work on on different programs. Um, but uh, 24 hours, yeah. And the most amazing part was a, not a single go-kart broke. Really? The entire race. Yeah, they ran, I think we had, uh, I think they ran 15 carts total over the period of time. And they rotated them through for fueling and things. And not a single one broke. Wow. Um, you guys so are running those Honda GX motors? Um, I don't know the model, but yeah, it's a okay. Honda. I mean, you, it's a crate motor you can get from... Um, it's not the one you can get from Harbor Freight, but it's similar. Okay. It's a two. It's a two seventy. It's pretty good reliability there. Yeah, it was. It was pretty awesome. Um, now to your body, <laughs> that's a different story. Um, I'm pretty broken right now. It's uh, really taxing on like the hands, the arms, shoulders, back. Um, I have a problem with like the seat chafes my lower back, so I get these big like scars on my lower back. So I have to wear like padding down there. Um, Tons of shingles. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And they did um, they did 26 required pit stops over the 24 hours, which meant the average stint was about 53 minutes. And unfortunately, you guys didn't race. But the average the normal race when you just walk in and pay is eight bucks or eight minutes. And an eight minute race is pretty physically demanding. It's pretty pretty taxing. 53 minute stints over for 24 hours straight. 
Like that's just not doable. So there, a couple of the teams had to do more than the number of required pit stops. A couple of the teams had people do like big, long heroic stints. And then a couple of people do shorter stints, but it was a, it was a pretty grueling, uh, 24 hour experiment. <laughs> how, how long can the carts go between fuel stops? Uh, a little over two and a half hours. Oh, wow. It's a, it's a five gallon tank and they don't, they're not that bad. Yeah. What, uh, how many stints did you do then? How many hours were you on track? Well, we were a team of misfits that either the people couldn't be there the whole time or they could only do, a, you know, like 20 or 30 minutes in a cart before they were tired or whatever. So actually they called me and somebody else in who were regulars just to kind of be subs in case they needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up doing three stints and the first one was an hour and 45. The second one was an hour and the third one was an hour and 40 to finish the race. Dang. Wow. So it was, I was one of those crazy people doing the super long stints suffering. <laughs> oh, that'd be so hard on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm still feeling that one. The, the the longest I ever carted was uh, one Friday night up at the old Melrose Park Grand Prix. And I got uh, sick, motion sick from being in the cart so long, but it was only like 15, those were like 15, 20 minute sessions, like on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. And I just could, I probably couldn't do more than uh, 30 minutes because my elbow's banging on the propane tank and you're and it's, something's hot and it's hurting like the left side of your leg or <laughs> arm and i don't know that's uh, unless it's a really sorted out cart that would hurt man that would really hurt yep it was uh we did uh we did all six layouts of the building uh throughout the 24 hours so we did each layout for four hours um, and each layout has its own different characteristics and one side of the building is particularly bumpy. So there's a lot of like cart hopping and bouncing going on, which is even more physically demanding. And they ended on that side. So everybody's exhausted from running and they ended on that side of the building where the cart's the most hoppy. Um, so it was like, <laughs> it was definitely the most challenging. Um, I gave them the feedback next year. If you do like 60 pit stops instead of 26, everybody will probably be happier at the end, <laughs> but <laughs> everybody so had a great many. time. Somebody asked me at the end, like it was like five o'clock in the afternoon. We ran till 8 PM. Uh, would you do it again next year? And I instantly was like, yes. And then I thought like, why the hell would I do it again? But it's just, <laughs> it was still fun. It was a ton of fun. Now were the pit stops, were they mandatory length or just a pit stop? Yeah, of some sort? you have to pull in and stop at a certain point for five seconds. And then you pull forward to the actual pit stop spot and stop for 30 seconds. And there's a box with like a red light and a green light on it. You park, hit the, hit a button on it goes red. You sit there for 30 seconds and do your stop. And then when it goes green, you can pull away. So they're, they're kind of time to, they're like 50, two or 53 seconds total once you come in and out of the pits. Um, but like one of my stops, my hands wouldn't work anymore. So I was trying to like do the belts <laughs> back up and I, could, I had like Barbie hands. I couldn't do anything. It was just like, I had to put my hands up and tell the guy working the pit lane, like, can you do it for me? <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty rough. The, uh, I can't believe the carts didn't break. That blows my mind. I can't believe you yeah. get that much use out of those things. Yep. Yeah. Not a single one. We didn't have, I mean, they, they all had tires with less than 800 miles on them is what he told us. And, uh, <laughs> we did 2,400 laps, I think. Wow. So however long, however many miles that is, I don't know, but it, uh, that was a lot of miles on them and nothing broke. It's pretty awesome. That That's so nuts. You've done some other nuts things, but that that seems like it would be the hardest on uh, on all your little elbows and joints and knees and backs. But yeah, uh, definitely. 
Who were you uh, driving was, with? Uh, yeah. How? <laughs> what, what was the next craziest thing you? Oh, sorry, did I cut you off there, Austin? Uh, I was just asking who he was driving with. Okay, here we got Skype. Uh, we step on each other once. Ah, uh, womp womp. Wait, how many people did you have on the team, actually? Austin, did you wait for the talking stick? Because Adam still had it. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mailed it to you, FedEx, two weeks ago. Did you get it? <laughs> oh, um, I just heard the door. I, I didn't have anybody on the team that, that was a racer, really. Like I said, we were kind of like the misfit team. So there were there was a team of uh, guys there that some of them worked for, like Pratt & Miller in Detroit. Um, there was a group of like Cincinnati autocrosser guys that, that did really well. Um, I can't think of anybody that you guys would have known, uh, who was in the race necessarily, but, uh, I'm hoping next year that the event went well enough. If, if they decide to do it again, I'm hoping that we can drum up some more like out of town interest and get more people in. Cause we had people from Detroit. We had people from uh, Cleveland. We had people from, we had a guy from Washington DC come all the way for it. Um, so I think the interest is there. We just got to spread the good word, right? I got an invite mm-hmm. to go. I just couldn't make it work on my schedule. So yeah. There are a couple guys from Chicago that, uh, that ran. Oh, cool. And Chris, Chris Fairbanks. The, uh, yeah, I didn't know about it. That would that would be if I wouldn't be working all the time. That would be something I would be interested in doing <laughs> half a stint for. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we'll put you down for Maybe. twenty minutes. Yep, yeah, I'll be good for at least twelve. <laughs> uh, what was the next craziest thing you did this year uh, in all your your motorsports journeys? Hmm, this year, well, I would say that the the grand scheme of what we did in in Pirelli World Challenge was probably from the outside, pretty crazy, even though from the inside, it never really felt like that. It just kind of felt like we were doing what we needed to do. Um, but I guess since the last time we talked, we talked right after Utah motorsports campus. Yep. Um, since then we've had the season finale at Laguna Seca and I won the overall championship in TCB. Um, so we took a crowdfunded effort basically and crowdsourced the team on a volunteer effort and used open <laughs> trailers and got the car to the races with open trailers and a volunteer crew and won the championship that way. So I guess when you put it that way, it sounds pretty crazy, but it, it kind of felt like everything worked like a, a machine when we did it. And I'm just really proud that we, we pulled that yeah. off. Sure. So, so excited for you, man. That's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's pretty awesome. It, it, it was still really fun to watch your car win the runoffs also the same car. Like uh, what was it? Two weeks before or a week before. Two weeks before, yeah, the car went straight from the runoffs to Laguna Seca. The uh, the the main thing that you guys were worried about after um, after David won the runoffs spec B with it was uh, or B spec was that they were going to try to tear the motor apart. How did that end up working out uh, in the tech shed? It went. Uh, it was perfect, actually. Um, we worked with Honda to get all of the tech sheets. Um, VTS forms, homologation forms for the car, all of the seals that were put on the car, um, confirmed and worked with the tech director. Um, all of us kind of, uh, there was an email chain going on between paddock spaces and the runoffs, basically between tech and the <laughs> Honda guys to say like, here's what this car is. Here's what all these, you know, it's sealed by world challenge here. The, 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 the proof of everything. Um, and the guys in tech, took all of that and didn't tear the engine down. Oh, that's um, good. They, they took all of that. And yeah, basically the, there wasn't a wrench turned on the car. They checked ride height, fuel, okay. um, made sure that everything that we had as far as seals and homologation forms and stuff lined up and sent us on our way. 
And um, no, uh, no backlash from any other B spec competitors or anything on that. No, I think every, I mean, everybody that's running the class understands exactly what those cars are They're They understand yeah. that the, the cars are spec and they knew the car that we ran this year was actually built by Honda and supplied to us to run for the season in club racing and pro racing. So they knew where the car came from and the cars are so spec and the cars are so basic as far as race prep goes. Yeah. Um, and everybody knows the cars bounce back and forth between world challenge and, and club racing every once in a while. So everybody was really I didn't even hear a murmur about it, really. Wow, that's good. Yeah, very cool. Um, the uh, the runoffs was kind of a kind of a busy week for you. Um, you were doing. Uh, it seemed like you were doing things every day, but uh, uh, it, it was it was my it was the most races I ever watched. That one. It was kind of fun to watch. Good good place to watch too. But. Oh yeah, for sure. I haven't been to the runoffs since they left Mid Ohio, and I forgot how cool it is to watch twenty four sprint races in a row. It's so cool. Um, yeah, I guess I was busy that week. I was riding around and I was doing some, some coverage on Facebook and Instagram for SECA. And they basically, have you ever seen Justin Bell, like during the 24 hour races, go around and go like be a clown in paddock and find the people doing crazy stuff. <laughs> have you seen that? You were him. <laughs> I was, I was supposed to be him. I didn't get to that level, but you did um, fall off a bicycle though. I did <laughs> fall off a bicycle. <laughs> I, kind of a clown. I decided that when I fell off my bicycle, I was done being on camera for that week. <laughs> <laughs> you looked fine. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> it's, it's healed up nicely, but yeah, falling off the bike was, um, that was my Valley for the week. Peaks and valleys. Yeah, Austin, Tom, Tom, uh, Tom walks up. I was talking to, I think I was talking to Hayward, um, before B spec, maybe like after pride race or something. And Tom walks up and you like, you're like blood running down the side of your face. <laughs> you, were, <laughs> you instantly look like a mess. Just, uh, and earlier he had been totally fine when I was eating a hot dog by the Honda tent. <laughs> so like what happened? The lady who cleaned me up in the medical center was like, you look so sad. I was like, yeah, I'm pissed. I fell off my bike as a grown man, stone sober in the middle of paddock in front of God and everybody. I was so mad at myself. Well, I mean, it was your first weekend without your training wheels. I mean, it's to be expected. Basically, yeah. Yeah. That's why I need to be in a vehicle, caged, helmeted. <laughs> Tom's only good if Tom's packing. only good if he has at least six points of connection to a roll cage. He can't, he can't be any looser on a motorized or non-motorized vehicle. Exactly. Uh, um what uh what did you think of uh well besides winning Prelly World Challenge, uh what did you think of all the other things that you drove this year? You you did some driving of Vipers and you drove Mike Taylor's little E. G. and um Yeah. That was the last I guess you could say real race I did. I did the the arc with Mike and it was so good. I don't even know I mean it was so good. The car was just like on that weekend or that race, at least it was a three hour race. And, um, I started, I qualified us, started the race. I did an hour and a half, which is why I know that the hour and 40 minutes in the go-kart versus an hour and a half in the civic, I stepped out of the civic like nothing. And I could barely stand out of the go-kart. So that's <laughs> about where it's at. Um, but it was like, we, I think we set Danny Stain set the, uh, the track record for STL one forty seven one in like perfect conditions the day before for qualifying yeah. first thing in 30. the morning. 37-1 Austin. Isn't that That's fast? That's so fast. Yeah, <laughs> so that Mike, we did I did a 48-1 in Mike's car after an hour of the endurance race. What 38, did I say? 38-1. 38-1. What did I say? Yeah, 40? 30. Sorry. Yeah, you said 48. I was like, so dang, that's an 11 second. second gap. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got within a second of the track record like on that on that same weekend. So Mike was thrilled. The car was amazing. Um that was a ton of fun. 
And that was the fastest his car had ever had ever gone there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, we, we, I think we might have told it on another uh, podcast when you weren't on. But uh, Blake Meredith. Uh, oh, yeah. If you look at, if <laughs> you look at our, yeah, if you look at our Instagram or my Instagram, the one that I run, Slip Angle Show, um, there's a bunch of pictures of Blake's CRX. It's red, white and black. And Blake had gone like I think his fastest on data was like 92 or something or 89 or something into turn one at Road Atlanta. And then you got in his car and lap three at Gridlife South. I think he said you went like 98 um, almost balled the car up <laughs> fastest it's ever gone. But did you no, die? No, I said that, not him at least. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, <laughs> I think, I think I, somebody told me that you thought you had wrote it off or you had, you told me, I don't know. <laughs> three so separate want, times and three separate corners on three separate laps. Yes. If, if you want somebody to drive your car fast at Rhode Atlanta, Tom might be your guy. Yeah. You would never, I fall in love with that place a little more every time I go. Oh, it's so great. It's so that, that's that straightaway is long though. Austin has a point. It's like a forty-eight second straightaway. Yeah, it's <laughs> but very if you long. Just drive faster cars, it gets shorter. Yeah, that's what I'm that. learning. I believe so. That, just yeah. every time you go, drive something faster, and yeah. So he he steps it up. It. He steps it up from a, a Honda Fit to a Honda Civic, and it's much yeah. more enjoyable. Yeah, can the you first imagine time how I was much there <laughs> with my ITC car? That would be that was like a full minute. It was awesome. That's a and that's a four speed uh, D series car. So you got like. Every shift is like, map. Yep. <laughs> it's got to be such a big drop. It was horrible. Oh my goodness, that's a, that's the that's the same as the CRX HF trans. They just took away the fifth gear. Literally, that's the same spacing. It's like the gas really? mileage spacing without the fifth gear. Without the overdrive. The final. Yep, it's uh, it's just the longest one through four ever. Uh, yeah, the the that was my first uh, Honda. It was a four speed. Uh, it wasn't an IGC car, but it was, you know, the street version of that. And the gearing was just so bad. Speaking of, of yeah. first cars, I didn't realize that your first car was your brother's Maxima. That was my first car that I bought ever. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I, I drove a, a minivan that was uh, one of my dad's work vans for a little while. Um, but just because it was a total piece of junk. But the first thing I ever bought was that Maxima. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, still around too. So yeah, and even nice, even nicer and rust freer than one. Than it was it. before. So, yeah, yeah. My, uh, Tom, my brother's got this crazy old '91 Nissan Maxima, um, five-speed, uh, you know, turbo V6. Charge. And then oh, it's got, got a turbo the size of your face. <laughs> what? <It's so laughs> yeah, he built this this gorgeous turbo kit. It's his second version of the turbo kit, but. Uh, um, it's got, uh, I think it, at one point it had about 500 wheel and it's got about 400 now. Um, he turned That's it down amazing. and it's got, and it's a road trip vehicle. We took it to, um, we took it to Pike's <laughs> Peak a few years ago. He takes it, he's taken to Florida almost every when year. He, he used to, to tow to the lemons car with it. Yeah. He towed our lemons car with an enclosed trailer that he built that just fits the lemons car. Um, that, uh, yeah, that, uh, that thing rules. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, that's, that's my first. So cool. That was that was my first car that I ever bought. So, and I, I actually it sounds amazing too. Oh, it sounds so good. He's got a four inch exhaust on it, but it's quiet on the highway. But when you get on it, it screams. <laughs> um, we uh, uh, he's still got the same wheels that I bought off Tire Rack back when you had to buy Tire Rack stuff. Like you had to like pick it out in the catalog, and because he didn't have the internet because it was ninety eight, and I didn't know what the <laughs> internet was. Um, and I had to pick them out in the catalog or ninety nine or whatever. And then either call or you could just write a check and send it in, and like fill out the form. <laughs> it's, it's still got the same oh. TSW wheels, but that was the only good choice I made on that car. The blue interior lights are gone. 
Um, Thank God. That, I that painted a lot of terrible. like all the removable panels in the car, you know, the little like plastic stuff. I painted all that gray. Those are those are all gone. And uh, the blue is gone. I didn't put underbody lights on, but I really wanted to. <laughs> uh, so he has de-sucked the car. Uh, it doesn't suck anymore. It's super clean now. He, he did keep the Hearst T-handle shifter that I put into it, though. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a weird choice by me when I was 18. <laughs> But hey, it works. Um, Tom, uh, what was your first car? Was that a Miata? It was not. No, it was a 97 Civic EX. Your first autocross car was a Miata, though, right? Uh, yeah, that I owned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The 97 Civic EX, that was like the nicest Civic ever when I first got into Hondas. That was like the one I wanted. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted an EK so bad. This one was super, super clean, nice. It was totally stock other than just a little catback exhaust on it. So it was a little bit louder than normal. So I was perfectly happy with it. And then I hit black ice and put it in a concrete wall and it was no longer perfect. Uh. We did our own like home Bondo work on it and it was fine. After that, we tried to repaint it. So it had a little bit of pink on it. It was the rest of it was red. And, uh, (laughs) and, uh, that was my, I don't know, for maybe two years, a little bit bad first car, not a bad first car. The, The red Hondas follow me around. The uh, yeah, you, your car that you just won with was uh, was red, mm-hmm. but your other one was black. But you didn't actually win anything with that. Did you? I didn't win anything in that one. Do you still have that car? I do, and um, it's gonna get repurposed into a uh, a little budget enduro car because at this point, as a B spec car, it's not worth much because no B spec car is worth a whole lot right now, and it's a little bit rough around the edges, even though it's fast. So. Uh, Scott and Renee, and I don't know if you guys have ever met Gordon, but Gordon yeah. Makovich, yeah. Gordon, yeah. and uh, whoever else wants to be involved, we're going to turn it into a little budget car and make it actually quick and take all the uh, required B-spec stuff that keeps it slow off of it, put better stuff on it, and go have some more fun with it. So that's why Scott was messaging me about brakes for fits the other day. Yeah. <laughs> He's being really hush-hush about it because I think it's fun for him, but... Yeah, once he started asking about uh, about brakes, I was like, "So, so what are you going to do with Tom's old car?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, Did he admit the, to anything? Uh, he he said, "I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what what kind of racing is planned for that thing? Uh, I mean, probably Chump. None of us have ever done Chump, so we're going to okay. at least give that a shot. But we've got World Racing League and AER on our radar. Okay. So wherever all of us are available to go, have some fun and do whatever. Um, currently, uh, Chris and I are in talks with uh, WRL for to maybe bring them to some grid life stuff uh, this year too. So, cool. Um, it, it'll either be WRL or Bracken Enduro SCCA stuff, probably. But sure. Not that I should really talk about that here, but uh, hopefully we'll have an enduro component for uh, for some grid life. Hopefully a festival here or a so track awesome. battle there or that'd be we'll awesome. See. It'll be, be something. Um, that, that are you gonna put a big fuel cell on that thing or no? Uh, no, you're not allowed. I think the fuel limit is 12 gallons. Yeah, it's probably like 12 or 15. Yeah, we just talked about it last night. We went to dinner and talked a little bit about stuff. I think it's 12 gallons. The car's already, it's like a 10.9 gallon tank in it. So we'll, Uh, no, but we can take the restrictor out. We can, we can do like a full exhaust on it. We can do a couple things to make it immediately faster. And the nice part is we've already done the points calculation. I think we've got like 150 points to play with in jump car. And, that's including like the shocks and the springs and everything that's already on the car for B spec. So we can improve all of those parts because the B spec parts are built for B spec and not for as fast as possible. 
Yeah. So it needs we a turbo. Can change all that out, and we don't have to take any more points for it. Cool. So we can make it a lot faster without, you know, building this crazy, crazy, crazy car. Now it needs a turbo. The- <laughs> turbo. Who can I talk to you about turbos? Don't uh, I don't know. <laughs> it needs oh, a turbo. So bad. What? what uh, Garrett uh, or uh, the turbo? The turbo manu- Garrett? Uh, <laughs> uh, the turbo manufacturer that shall not be named. What's um, Garrett's last? Uh, oh yeah, he's a nice guy. I think it's um, it's they, Honeywell. Garrett Honeywell they, they, is his name. <laughs> yes, okay. he's, I'll look him up. He sounds like a yeah, uh, like a he went to Yale or something. <laughs> yeah, he's his, that's his that's his that's his white collar as anything. Um, well, yeah, I mean, but, he, yeah. he decided to give his future a boost. Oh, jeez. Oh. oh. <laughs> right, ooh, they do ooh. make some little tiny turbos, you know, so. Yeah, um, I think the idea is to keep it as as reliable yeah. and not work, uh, needing as, as little work as possible. Don't, I mean, with the turbo, work. the turbo's not going to break. <laughs> That's true. Probably the turbo's not. reliable. That's logic. Uh, yeah, those motors are pretty strong, though. Those little 1.5s. Yeah, I, I mean, know. It's pretty I bulletproof. But um, yeah, I talked to I talked to uh, to Scott about a brake upgrade. You can put ITR calipers, Integra Type R calipers, or CRV, or I think half a dozen other Hondas. Use, the bigger Hondas use that from the 90s, and then they it bolts right on with uh, Mini Cooper S rotors. So hmm. um, yeah, you don't have to do anything to it. What about the rears? Can you do anything with the uh, rears? Yeah, we need the rear to be better. Oh, those are drum brakes, though, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Is That's there a disc conversion? Uh, do do you, do they actually work pretty well or not? Because the EF and uh, EG generation Civics they work pretty well if you keep the drums tuned up. Like if you pull the covers off and then you know just tune them up to where the where the the drum actually just barely slips on to where they doesn't have to push the uh, the shoes very far. Mm-hmm. Um, if you keep them tuned up properly, they actually work just as good as the discs on the, the Civics. But I don't know. How, I don't know how they, how badly or good they work on fits. They they don't necessarily work poorly, but the problem is with a stock compound shoe, yeah. they overheat and boil the fluid and make the pedal go soft for the whole system. Really? So you have to upgrade the shoe material. Yeah. Like we did, Carbotech rear, rear shoes for the red car, and it was perfect. Okay, but. Um, the solution on the black car when I bought it was that the brakes were just disconnected and only had front brakes, which is still how <laughs> that, it is. That must have been a Mike Taylor car. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's how Mike puts together cars normally. <laughs> I have a Mike Taylor story if you want to hear it. Oh, oh so yes. From the arc this weekend, I did the first hour and a half or so. He goes out, and at some point during the stint, the car turned from great to evil, in his words. It became, quote, an evil bitch. And... <laughs> During this entire race, we had been having some stumbling with, from the engine. So he yeah. got caught up mentally in the stumbling aspect of the car and forgot to mention when he came in for our final stop and put me back in so that he could replace the distributor that the car was an evil bitch. And then decided to not change the distributor and proceeded to also forget that the car was an evil bitch because the left rear tire was corded for over half the surface area of the tire. <laughs> so he sent me back out for 35 minutes on a half corded left rear tire at road Atlanta. And I got to the S's on pitting out and almost looped the car and went, Jesus Christ, this thing is an evil bitch. And he goes, yeah, I meant to tell you about that. We're like, all of us are looking at it. Apparently they're all standing in pit lane looking at him like, Mike, we just sat here for two and a half minutes in the pits with <laughs> tires ready anything. to go on. You forgot to tell us that the car was <laughs> corded. Oh my goodness! And that's like, like that and that's like Mike a Taylor. pretty important tire in the SS. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
but oh it worked out God. fine. We had two lap leads, so we just kind of nursed it home. But it was that was hysterical. That sums I, up I, Mike Taylor. I, I th- they've been calling Mike Taylor Squirrel now because yeah, he gets that the, sums up the squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he's the I think he's the luckiest person in enduros ever, um, because he 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 never crashes things badly enough to throw them away. Um, and he happens to win like all the time, uh, even though he forgets to like fix things and the cars are always terrible and he still wins. Um, I won't say the car was terrible. The car was great. The tire was terrible. Well, but... yeah, his car, when I drove it at the VIR 13, it was great until, uh, the harmonic dampener or the factory crank pull and not the harmonic dampener. It was a factory crank pulley on it. And it was, it was missing like a big old chunk. And he was like, oh, I just figured it'd be fine. Um, and, and it would every like hour and a half or two hours, it would like throw important parts of the suspension off the car. <laughs> like, 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 uh, I think we were, we were actually taken out of the race because on the, on the front of a civic, um, it's kind of like an A-arm on the bottom and the rear portion of the lower A-arm is called the, uh, compensator bushing or compliance bushing or something like that. Um, and basically that's what controls uh, the, the wheel from moving forward and backward about six inches. Um, and he had these fancy like kingpin spherical ones everywhere. It was all kingpin spherical. We were losing like LCA bolts. Like we would pull in and like the shock bolt would like the nut would be gone and be half backed out. Um, it's like, it was a shedding bolt because this, it had a, like a crazy, crazy vibration that we couldn't feel, but it was shedding bolts everywhere in the car. The ECU mount fell off and stuff was flying all over the car. What? yeah, like it was, it was like it was loosening every bolt in the car. Like I, I've heard uh, parts of the story before, but you haven't ever said like all of that stuff. <laughs> oh, it was happened. so bad. It was so bad. Like like the ECU, like all of a sudden was like loose and bouncing around. Um, <laughs> and it was the car was it was fine, felt fine, but it had these crazy vibrations that you know was loosening things. And we just figured, oh, Mike didn't tighten anything because it was the first race for the car. <laughs> but but uh, so the rear compliance bearing or bushing or whatever, it was actually bearing at the time in, in that car, but. Um, an expensive part from Kingpin, like 300 bucks, you know, giant spherical and stuff. Um, it's got three big bolts that go into the, into the chassis and, you know, it's keeping the front wheel from when you break from, uh, from slamming into the fender. And when you hit the gas from slamming into the bumper, right? It's, it's the pivot point or not pivot point for the whole chassis. And we were finally taken out of the race because Mike and Mike's doing the, the back straightaway, uh, in, uh, at VIR it's going up the hill and just about ready to hit the brakes. And then he, you know, which you're top of fifth gear there. You're like one thirty, and he hits the brakes and the car pitches completely left. Uh, and somehow he, oh he, ga- he gathers it up going down hog pen and the roller coaster and stuff, you know, and then he pulls in. And, and we're like, what the heck? You've only been out for like 10 minutes. And he's like, it's something's broken. Something's really bad. <laughs> and we're, we're looking around it and I'm like, Mike, everything is fine. Like he grabbed the wheel and the wheel's fine. He's like, something is wrong. Um, so we pulled over by the trailer and it had lost all but the front bolt. And, and when he hit the brakes, it like took the, the spherical bearing and it like folded it over completely. So the front wheel went for or backwards, like, or folded it backwards. I forget, but it went backwards like six inches. And it was rubbing the fender, almost rubbing the fender. It was terrible. But, uh, yeah, Mike Yikes. didn't crash. Somehow he didn't crash and ruin his car the first race weekend. Right. <laughs> yeah, and and then uh, later that same harmonic or same crank pulley or the same crank pulley that he took off and put a new one on, that thing exploded when he money shifted the thing to like 10,000 RPMs at, v, at VIR also. Oops. It took out, yeah, it took out his oil. It was at the majors last year. Took out his remote mount oil filter. 
I think he talked about this on the podcast, but um, like the, the crank pulley exploded, like the actual belt part. Um, and it killed the alternator. It killed this oil filter because it was like within, you know, a straight line of the crank pulley, um, like wrecked a bunch of shit. Uh, and he shut the motor off and, and it was zero oil pressure because the oil filter exploded. Uh, so he changes that, uh, fix some valves, put a new crank pulley on and the motor was fine. <laughs> Luckiest guy ever. Jesus. Oh, freaking Mike. I love Mike Taylor. So, so ultimately a really great guy to have around. Oh, the, he's the luckiest uh, he's man juju. in the world. Oh, yeah. totally. If you ever met Mike, if people haven't met him, when you meet Mike, you'd be like, yeah, I understand. He's the happiest person you've ever met. Yeah, I've oh, never yeah. seen him get mad. Oh, he's nope, so happy. He's, awesome. he's the greatest dude ever. But anyway, uh, so what, uh, what else are we going to, we had a whole list of things and we ha- I haven't even looked at it. Oh yeah, but, we did. <laughs> Oops. Uh, uh, and I, I did text our buddy Bowie um, about this next thing that I would like to bring up. Um, he spilled the beans uh, because you spilled the beans to him. Uh, I texted him that he was out of the loop. But what can you tell us about your plans for next year, Tom? Um, at this point, the best I can do is that uh, it'll be something faster, funner, and uh, better than this year, I think. Um really hoping that it's moving up in world challenge and with Honda, uh, for next year. That's about all I've got right now. <laughs> is B is B spec going to be a class next year or no? Yeah. Well, B spec and club racing is going to be a class for a while. I think, um, yeah. TCB and world challenge is done after next year. So 2017 okay. wow, is the last really? year for it. Huh? Um, and then they're adding, uh, there's going to be a bunch of new cars in TCA. It sounds like there's going to be like the ND is going to be in there. Um, the, it sounds like there might be a Fiat spider or two. Yeah. The one, the one twenty five, a bar, yeah. which is, it's, it's uh-huh. an NC or sorry, an ND Miata. That's all yeah. it is, but it's yeah, a turbo. A, so it's a little different. Turbo one three or something. I would like imagine that. it has to be a little heavier, right? I don't know. Um, it's a tiny then, motor. Though. I think from what I've it's seen, it's really not hard. that much faster. No, it's no, like the it's, same horsepower. Right. Um, and then touring car will be really interesting too with um, new uh, – there's a the basically British touring cars called TCR. Um, that class is coming in 2018, but they're actually allowing a couple of those cars to come in for 2017 and run heavily, um, uh, I guess, demodified maybe to touring car specs. So there's going to be an Audi, uh, the A3R. I don't remember what they called it. Um, you know, big flares and bodywork, and it's a factory race car. Um, I think there's going to be a Volkswagen Golf that's like that in next year. Um, there's going to be a bunch of new BMWs, just like the ones that we're already running this year. Um, and this is all not what I'm working with. So there's going to be tons of new stuff with World Challenge. So it should be cool. really cool next year, uh, which we actually start at VIR. Um, so assuming everything goes as planned, my first race with world challenge, hopefully VIR, which I, that's the only track I've never been to on the calendar. So, uh, I'm going to try to find some seat time there over the off season, but I, that's like my top track that I have never been to that I want to get to. Cause you never, you've never been there before. No, never been really. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Well, it's super fun and rad. So you'll love it. Right. <laughs> it's a great place. Super fun and rad. I can't wait. Super to... fun and rad at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah. I can't believe you've never been there before. Uh, me neither. Have you been to the facility or no? No, never. Oh, it's pretty. You're in pretty for pretty. a treat. I'm excited yeah. about that. So, yeah, um, moving up, moving up, moving on. I found out this year after um, 
after winning the the TCB championship that if you win a championship in a touring car class and you move up a level, you get free entry fees for the following year in the so uh that's a lot of money <laughs> yeah it is it's good job it's a lot of money. um so hopefully be putting that to use and uh and yeah it'll be it'll be fun hmm well your year's not gonna suck that's gonna be cool it's gonna be very cool very cool um no it's uh i wish i could just spill the beans right now <laughs> <laughs> we should talk a pri we should. We should record a podcast at PRI. That'd be a good idea. Austin, are you gonna are you gonna be a PRI? Yes, I will. Uh, be, from Wednesday what, what to Sunday. Yeah. Working uh, working a booth for the uh, turbo company that shall not be named. Yeah. For uh, for the guy for that Honeywell. Yes. Yeah. For Mr. You're Honeywell. Mr. <laughs> Honeywell himself. Yeah. Well, that's cool. <laughs> I'll I'll be I'll be walking the whole show having tons of fun. Already got some meetings planned out for potential grid life uh, partners. Nice. Trying try, try to make Austin more money next year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, if anybody wants to advertise on the show, <laughs> uh, Austin and I are thinking about uh, letting uh, letting people, you know, sell their products to our millions of listeners. So millions one of these now. Days. Yeah. What? We just crossed that one million threshold mark. That's oh, awesome. We, Congratulations. We, we didn't actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> we did get, we're at like a hundred, hundred some thousand downloads. Now, well, I mean, so. when you're at the track, everyone's just talking about slip angle. So I figure, you That's know, right. slip tuned. Yeah. Track dang, track dangle. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the, the car that I'm curious if you've ever driven anything similar, Tom, is you next week or this weekend, you're going to, um, CMP, uh, Roebling. Roebling, I mean, yeah, I knew it was one yes. of them southern ones. What uh, What are you doing down there? I am. Uh, I'm going to try some NASCAR stuff. NASCAR stock cars. <laughs> stock car stuff. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was talking to Scott uh, Giles at the Arc, and told him that next year one of my big like checklist items is I'd love to do something like uh, a stock car race on a road course, whether that's like K and N series or Xfinity, like who knows, I'm thinking to the moon here. Right. But, or do trans am TA two, something like big ground poundery on a road course. And he's like, Oh really? You should talk to butch, uh, comer. He's right over there. He's got a GTA car. Uh, it's an old Arca car, like an O2 Arca car with a Monte Carlo body on it. And I actually know butch through the track night, uh, stuff that I work with. And yeah, I was old- like, he used to be the club racing director for SCCA too, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think nope. he used to. He used to. I know he used to work at National Office. I think he was a oh, club cool. racing director. So yeah. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, his car's um, red. Yeah, so so Scott was like, you should talk to him. Apparently, uh, he invites people to drive that car pretty frequently. Um, <laughs> so in the in my like whole day, I was just, I've kind of forgot about that. I was flitting around, and Scott went over and introduced the idea to him. And Bush was like, yeah, tell him to come over. So I went over, we talked about it, and he's like, so talking a little bit, I got in the car, and he's like, well, what are you doing in two weeks? Like, uh, nothing. It's like, you want to come to Roebling and do a time trial? Like, yes, I do. <laughs> so I'm going to go do a time trial at, uh, at Roebling in this, uh, in this stock car. That uh, that's got what like a 350 or an LS1 in it. I think a lot. I of... no, I, I think it's an LS motor. No, I think I do know that. I think it's an LS motor. I think GTA they can. No, it's have... carbureted. I lied. It's yeah. carbureted. So whatever it is, it's carbureted. I think you can actually run LS1s that are carbureted too. Oh, I, I don't well, remember. You're blowing but... my mind here. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's either a 350 or, or like you can do built up 350s or you can do stock LS motors, I think. Um, gotcha. Uh, I read the it calls rules. Calls it a dinosaur, so I'm, it's probably the first one. Yeah, I read the rules a bunch of years ago, and then there was this random thread on the forum that shall not be named about GTA cars. And uh, I think mm-hmm. Keith Keith Gillespie from Hasport bought one and put an LS motor in it or something like that. But um, yeah, they're really cool. We, Austin and I have talked about that in the past. We've talked about buying cheap stock cars. Yeah. Well, Dave <laughs> yeah, Dave stock- Lingett was talking about it. Yeah. Oh man, they're so cheap. Yeah. If you buy shells. They're, like you can buy a nice roller stock car for like 5k and just like put a put a motor in it because it's just a bunch of tubes and you just weld two tubes and two platforms and then you bolt the motor into it. <laughs> yeah, That's I don't awesome. know. They're they're really neat and you can do all kinds of things to them and everything is adjustable. And when you put it into a wall, you just like cut that corner off and you like reweld new tubes on. <laughs> yeah, it's like so no neat. no big deal. Yeah, I think no big deal. I think Butch actually ran the runoffs last year at Daytona with that thing. It was just, I think the only time he's ever ran runoffs. Um, and, and I think he backed it into the wall and like destroyed a ton of stuff. And then like, you know, when that happens to like your 2012 civic, you're like, Oh, going to go home. And, and then when it happens to your stock car, you like Google stock cars because people race stock cars everywhere that there are people. And, uh, they race and stock like, cars you, at Daytona. They, they do. <laughs> and, uh, no, they, uh, the, uh, you just find the nearest stock car shop and they were like, yeah, I got all that stuff. And like, you go up and they're like, cut it all off. And then they have the bodywork because it's just like steel chunks that look like Monte Carlo's from the nineties. <laughs> and then you fix your stock car in like 12 hours and give high fives and you go back and you run the race again. That's super unlike, easy. Yeah, unlike when you get destroyed in any production car, <laughs> it's a little bit more work then, but we should case yeah, off so, one case what uh, now our, now our <laughs> listeners can again send us hey you should t- stop talking about case swaps every show <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> every show we say we should case swap that sorry we should we should tdi swap it uh oh any uh, any update on your tdi austin you uh, uh you know yeah i mean they could buy it back at any time i've just been super lazy with it i haven't <laughs> even pulled any of the parts off uh there's still a station wagon sitting uh non-running in my garage that's a bmw oh, uh, I haven't had time for much of anything. Yeah, you're just going to work and being a drone. Yeah, but I have been going into work lately at 6 in the morning. I could get there at 6, so I can leave at 3. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Damn. So that's not been too the, bad. But you don't have any immediate plans of turning that thing in or anything? Uh, I need to because I'd like to get some money. Um, and buy something fun. Yeah, I don't know. I've been hanging out at nine four nine, racing a little bit too much, uh, and I'm quickly being talked into a Miata. Yeah, I would imagine that would so, be the, the place to to get talked into Miata. Yeah, I need to go hang out at the Ford dealership so I can get talked into a Fiesta ST. <laughs> that that would be a good car for you too. So too many options. I like Adam's just enabling whatever your idea is. Yeah, he's I'm like, into whatever. Well, like, that's a good Austin, idea. I, I, Austin, in like in like twelve minutes, it will be the time for Austin's scheduled. Let's talk about sports mobiles, E three fifties with diesels lifted and stuff like that. So, so we have that. So that we talk about. Let's go that ahead. Let's minutes. go ahead and skip to it now. Dan Howard and I uh, <laughs> took the wives camping this weekend, and yeah. essentially landed on that being the best vehicle for both of our situations, <laughs> like See, for I camping and towing. Mobiles. Oh yeah, like easily within the past within the past thirty six hours. Yeah. Yeah, Austin talks about sportsmobiles about every what would you think about ten hours? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm not sure I followed any of that last like two minutes. What's a sportsmobile? 
What? The most amazing vehicle in the world. It's a, it's a Ford Econoline van. Um, you know what an Econoline is, right? Ford yeah, van. Yep, yep. Like a big old free candy van. And like you get, you give it to Sportsmobile, and then uh, ideally you gave them a seven three turbo diesel one. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then they put four wheel drive. They lift it, uh, and they outfit it like a small RV in many configurations. They can put raised lift pop pop up tent roofs. They can put raised roofs. They can do whatever you want. It's like what? if if a F two fifty bro truck had relations with a Volkswagen camper van with a free candy van. Yeah. You would end up. You would end <laughs> yeah. up with a sportsmobile. So you can give up free candy anywhere you want. Whoa! Anywhere. Look at that! I just googled it. Yeah, sportsmobiles are. They're rad, amazing. Dude. Check that out. And and they're also not free. They're really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but so you it's pro- like a see, it's an RV, so you could probably long term finance it. Yeah, thirty years, man. Yeah, do it. Twelve dollar payments. <laughs> you could probably write it off somehow too. I could if I was smart about stuff. Well, you know, if if, if I if, this, if I didn't have a day job, that's probably what I would do. Or if this, or if we actually ever start uh, selling ads like we should on the show and on Tracktune, then you could write it off of that. I mean, I think I might be able to afford like 1998 Plymouth Voyager uh, camper vans, but probably not sportsmobiles. Well, if you finance this for 30 years, you could afford a sportsmobile. <laughs> See, this is what you should do. That sounds like a or, horrible idea, though. Uh, uh, what kind of RV do you guys have, uh, Tom? You guys have like a, a van front RV, right? Uh-oh, here yeah, comes the have, RV talk. We established this on the first podcast that I was on. It's a big box one. Yeah, That's do about you know all what? I know. I think it's a class, it's a class C. No, 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 I know now. It's a, it's a, oh crap, I forgot. It's a class though. C, it's a Ford, right? It's a Ford F, uh, E450 uh, chassis, the van, the van v- chassis. A V10 uh, or is it diesel? The V10, but the small one, not the big okay. one. The single, uh, or the single, uh, the, or six, the two eight, V10. The 6.8? So the six right. eight, you're you're beyond me. I don't know. It's yeah, it's probably the the two valve, not the three valve, or something like that. I forget what they made. I don't remember. No, there's a bigger one that they put in the class C's, like the big bus ones. Mm. Oh, okay. We have the smaller, the one that goes in the van. That's a uh, that's Adam's, a good motor though. Adam's been looking but, at RVs a little bit lately. Uh, I drove one today. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you go to races and you don't already have an RV, you need one like. Yes, because uh, it's the best thing ever. I was walking my dog tonight, and my head is spinning, and I'm like, I wonder if I could bring up RVs somehow on the podcast tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been looking at the same RV. Yeah, I've been looking at the same RV forever, like for a year. Um, ever since, like a year ago, my dad's buddy. He well, he's. Uh, I grew up with his sons. Uh, his his son Al was like my first Honda Civic buddy, and like he's friends with my dad. This dude's friends with my dad, and his youngest son is my brother's age, and they're best friends. So he's like a family friend, and he's like he's a dude that he's a small business owner. He works all the hours, um, and but he thinks RVs are rad, so he bought this RV, and then he like used it once and he sold it, and then he bought this other RV, the one that I'm looking at, and it's a. Uh, I forget what it, it's an Oshkosh chassis. I forget the brand of the RV, but it's an Oshkosh chassis, which is all heavy duty and stuff. And it's, uh, it's super heavy duty. Cummins it in it, right? brakes. Yeah. And it's got a Cummins five, nine pusher motor in the back, like the five, nine diesel in the back, which I know that motor. Cause I swapped one of those motors into my F three fifty. It's got a big old Allison trans. Like the trans is the size of, uh, of a rowboat. It's huge. And, uh, that's all in the back. And you can just lift up the bed in the back and you can like hop down and like work on the motor. There's tons of room, super easy to work on. Um, 
but he hadn't used this thing in a while, like six months. And he, and then he bought a bigger one that's got like slide outs and everything, you know, cause he uses an mm. RV once every year. So he has to buy a new RV every time. <laughs> so he's got this <laughs> other RV and I had expressed some interest in it like a year and a half ago. And today he finally put new batteries in it and he's like, Hey, I'm stop over. And I happen to be driving by his shop. He owns a small garbage, like a, a dumpster company. They move dumpsters to your house when you're doing you know, house remodeling and stuff. So he's got this big yard and a couple of RVs sitting in it. And I looked at it a couple of times and I'm like, ah, that could be kind of cool. And oh my gosh, it's the raddest thing ever. <laughs> They're so I wanted, good. I want it so much. I want it so much. Now, word of warning though, they will turn you into a little bit of a diva because we didn't have my, the motorhome at Laguna. Yeah. We didn't have any vehicles at all because Honda brought the car out from the runoffs for us. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, which was super nice. But I learned after my very first session, I came off track and I realized that my process for the entire year had been get out of the car, decompress for a second by going into the motorhome, getting out of my suit, sitting in quiet for a little bit. And I had nowhere to go, and I almost lost my mind because I couldn't go <laughs> decompress for a minute. So if you get a motorhome, it's going to be amazing, but you're going to become a little bit of a diva. I I could be a diva. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, no complaints. I'm totally down being a diva. I just want you to get one so I have somewhere to sleep when we're at the track. Dude, it's it's got it's got this big old bed in the back. You and I can cuddle. Um, Perfect. We could have we could have people cuddling on the floor around us. We could fill it with dudes. It would smell so bad. And then I would take my <laughs> my wife and daughter uh, on family trips after that, and she'd be like, "This place stinks. This thing smells, smells like, like guys. It smells like boys. It smells like boys and booze." <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it's freaking. It runs so good. It's got all new tires on it. It's from the 90s, and it's got, like, blue interior that's terrible and gold trim everywhere, and it's so rad, and I want Could you so paint much. the trim gray? Oh, yeah. And uh, it's got, like, you know, crappy blue stripes on it that look like a Could stupid Could you do RV. blue neon lights in it? Yeah, I totally could. I'm into that. <laughs> see, do I you just see caught, where I'm going with this? I just got... <laughs> you, you, I got to pull out the Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger sound uh, and call you a son of a bitch with the Arnold twist. <laughs> Um, yeah, dude, it's you could so do bad. neons under it. You could f- fulfill your childhood dream. I could, I could. That's it's been a while, but uh, mm, I think I need to buy an RV. I, I think, think I'm you gonna just sold yourself. Yeah, I think I'm gonna tell my wife that we're buying an RV. She's kind of into it, so just a little a, bit. See, well, uh, we we went uh, we went down to you know some cutesy uh, fall place down in Indiana, Indianapolis, Brown County. Um, and like with, with Emma, my two year old or our two year old, two year old in the, in our 2003 Honda Civic with like zero miles on it. It's the best disposable throwaway car ever. And I don't want to ever want to get rid of it. Um, cause that's it's perfect for my wife to go to work, but it's terrible to take road trips in. It's the worst thing ever. And she's like, it's all talking minivans or SUVs. And I, I'm in my head, I'm thinking minivans and SUVs are just stupid cars. Like they're cars that, that are just a little bigger. And, and I'm thinking, Baby, actually, I said this to her. Baby, you know, you know, you're all stressed about prep, and you're like, all, you know, like every before we go on a trip, you're you're all like anxious about, am I going to forget stuff? And I thought, you know, we really need to buy an RV just so that you can enjoy yourself more. <laughs> and, I, and I think, I think that argument or that that logic finally planted it in a seed in her brain because she she asked me about this RV the other day. She said, did you go look at that thing yet? <laughs> I said, no, I haven't at any time. I'm trying to play it cool. 
hopefully she doesn't listen to this show and find out how excited I am. Um, but I'm trying to play it cool and be like, yeah, you know, maybe if you think it's a good idea, <laughs> so maybe, maybe it'll work. I don't know. Um, That's it's awesome. so, dude, it's so freaking red though. I want an RV so much. I feel like you would daily drive it. I, well, I would take it to all of our grid life events because I'm usually filling an F250 or F350 full of junk, like for mm-hmm. the event, like, like e- everything that I take for the tech tech shed for the time attack. You just leave uh, it packed underneath the, the yeah. RV. It's got like 12 storage units underneath the thing because it's a class a, you know, it's giant and it's 34 feet long and it's full of storage units. I could just leave it all in there and lock it up and forget those things exist until the next event. So that would save me like 45 minutes of finding shit and forgetting things. Like I went to road Atlanta and I brought my big tent for for good life South. I have this big, like 30 by 25 tent. Right. Mm-hmm. And I brought the tent and I brought the poles, the two big things that you take for the tent. Right. Forgot but the tarp. The thing- yeah, no, I brought the tarp. Ah. Uh, the tarp brought the poles, you know, the giant things. I forgot the one little like milk crate full of all the the connections for the poles. So all of it was worthless, and we had a crappy tech tech inspection place uh, made out of buoy grays, two pop ups, uh, instead of my giant glorious tent, because I forgot one little stupid milk crate thing that I could have left under my RV. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I need to buy an RV so much. So, Everything would be better. Oh, my life. Would be, Tom thinks I need to buy an RV. Tom's a pro race car driver. Be like Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <Buy more> RVs. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that you've encouraged me, I'm, I'm going to stop rambling about RVs, but yeah, RVs are rad. Yeah, more sports, sports mobile talk. Sportsmobile talk. <laughs> no, when are uh, when are you going to start investigating financing on sportsmobiles? Because I suggest that you hit Google right now and do that. I've also. already, dude. I already looked about a year ago. Well, now that you have a job, uh, you could probably get good financing. And rates yeah, it are just, cheap. It doesn't dude. seem like the smartest thing to do. So what? You could live <laughs> in it if everything else goes to crap. Yeah, yeah. I, I buy a sportsmobile. And I'm going to be forced to live in it because Jessica's going to be like, "Nope, it's done." <laughs> Peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, if your if your wife doesn't support it at all, maybe it's not a good Which idea. Which is fine. I mean, you think about it. Like, where better to live in a van than Southern California? Yeah, that's true. You could just go down down to the beach and, uh, like, and hang out with those bums. I don't have night. an air conditioner, anyways. And you, you wake know, we up talked about beach. that. We were we went out one night in Cincinnati last year with you know Scott Renee and those guys, and we were walking around, and there was a couple homeless people around. And we're like, if I was a homeless person. The last place I would be in December or January is Cincinnati, Ohio. I would be in Southern California or Florida as fast as possible. So you could just live in your sportsman. You could go there right away. Yeah. See, but then he wouldn't. Then he wouldn't be homeless. And I think you're discounting the uh, mental problems that's many homeless. Well, yeah. Plans. We also immediately <laughs> determined that that's why we aren't homeless. But yeah. <laughs> because you made this plan. Yeah. That's why you're not homeless. Yeah, that uh, that wouldn't be the place though. Cincinnati, Cincinnati wouldn't be the place if I like owned a home and had a real job. I wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. I've never okay. I've only visited one place that I would actually live besides Cincinnati if I was given the choice, and I think that's Austin. That's Austin the only place that I've been rad. to now. Have you been there? In the, you've I've, been there in the summer though, right? Yeah, I was there once a month over the summer. Like, it gets it's awfully hot. hot. Yeah, and it's like that for half the year. So yeah, hot. but it, I don't know. I liked it enough that like I did, I took into account for everything. I'm thinking like if I can move anywhere in the country that I've already been to knowing what I know about it, would I, where would I go? 
the only place I could come up with was Austin because I loved like Southern California, but it's so expensive. I couldn't move there. I loved Boston, but it's so expensive and it's so crowded and there's just like people everywhere kind of thing. And, and like I've loved too. places before it gets cold. It's like I love Cincinnati is kind of like the best compromise place. That uh, it doesn't get that cold by you. You guys don't have like brutal Wisconsin winters. So no, no, it's colder where you are. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, it's better here than by Wisconsin and Minnesota. I can't believe that car guys exist in Wisconsin and Minnesota. There's a lot of some, them. Some of our fastest guys that come to our events are from like Minnesota and Wisconsin. <laughs> but they have it's, the best car control. It's already cold there, though. <laughs> I don't know. It, Cincinnati, you ever done ice racing? No, but but Austin has, and I was supposed to go that day, but I had family and work things come up, but and I need I need to go badly. Right now? No, uh, I would love to go. <laughs> oh, wait. He needs uh, to go ice racing. <laughs> not like, <laughs> I got to go, guys. See ya. Click. Yeah, I thought that was the end. <laughs> no, sorry. That I'm, was the weirdest end to a podcast I've ever been on. And I have to go right now. Uh, we are actually planning to do a grid life ice battle this year. Oh, I would, I would do You're everything cordial. in my power to come to that because I want to do ice racing so bad. You're cordially invited. Uh, I'll, do you I'll have to up, send anything in the mail, or is that uh, that was no, the invitation? Have, you have to know me. I'll tell you. I'll tell you when and where. It's okay. not actually it's the the date is tentative because uh, because ice. And well, there yeah. has to there has to be ice there. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, yeah, the Andy Smedgard and all of his three six three six five racing dudes do ice racing like all the time, and that seems so rad. Did you talk about it much, Austin? You guys only did one show um, talking about it. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about it here and there. Uh, yeah. definitely what, looking forward to going this year. What cars did you, you drove his Miata and then yeah, crusty, crusty, which was a Miata on winter tires. And then the S 2000 or the ice two K sorry on, uh, on studded tires. Yeah. Um, that was the car that he had at our Blackhawk day, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, and broke that knuckle probably from all those high G forces, uh, going sideways in the snow. Yeah. What's the G forces like with studded tires? It's like, it's, uh, I mean, better. I don't know. It, it just, it's really smooth. You don't really notice the G forces because you just kind of like pitch it in and then all of a sudden you're sideways and you just hold it sideways for a long time. Oh, it seems so fun. Where so, was this again? You said Wisconsin, uh, Stevens point, Wisconsin way up north. Yeah. Was there a, uh, like a green and me out of there with huge arrow on it? Yeah. That's the one that Mike Cohn used to drive the, um, the brothers, um, yeah, the Borowskis. That's what yeah. I was going to say. That you're talking about fast people from up there. They're yeah. like, yeah, Hubert Miata. So that's like gods. In that's the car that became crusty. Um, the green car. I guess they sold it a year or two ago to Andy Smedgard and, and some of their buddies. Um, and that's the car. That's the car that I drove. Yeah, like super super rusty, but. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I just bought uh, rain rain Hoosiers from uh, from Hubert a few months ago. <laughs> Derailed, derailed the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hu- Hubert uh, Borowski was my first instructor on track. Really? Yeah. Oh, you've he's told awesome. me stories about that. Yeah, he's a super fellow. I like him a lot. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, he he uh, yelled at me because my car was too modified. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was it was turbocharged and I had different tires front and back and like stock brakes. Was this pads. the Maxima? No, this is my. I had. It, I still have it. It's a, a red nineteen ninety Civic. Um, it was just like a stock motor with like four PSI. So it was only making like 180 wheel horsepower, but, 
Uh, yeah, he said this. This has this is way too modified. This you should not be doing all these things. <laughs> we should take my Type R out. <laughs> yeah, he's got a thick Polish accent, which I did a terrible job of right there. Oh, uh, wasn't bad. Uh, I sounded more uh, Boris and uh, uh, from uh, Bullwinkle. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah, know what that is either. Yeah, Rocking Bullwinkle. Ever seen Rocking Bullwinkle? Yeah, I know. I know what that is, but I don't I know. Think the Boris was the dude, and I have no idea. Anyway, um, did we talk about all of your races with PWC this year, Tom? Um, I, think I feel like we did. I oh, we, we we only just touched on Laguna this this yeah, time. Yeah, the but. the one where you just won. Uh, we just glossed over it real quick. You know, <laughs> like no NBD just winning the PW, PWC TCB well, championship. There's, yeah, there's no stories about like turbos or lifted trucks in that. So I guess we just kind of moved on. But. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was a it was a pretty tough weekend. Um, we had to we had to chase a bunch of brake problems with the car. We ended up having to power bleed the master, not the master cylinder, the ABS controller, um, with a tool that we got from a Honda dealership to get brakes back because I ran half the weekend without any brakes. So that was a little disconcerting. But um, the the big thing for the weekend obviously was points because I was going in as one of the only drivers with a double point situation after they canceled mid Ohio and moved to the round to Lime Rock. Um, we were allowed to skip Lime Rock and score double points at Laguna Seca if we didn't go to Lime Rock. And I was the only one really that didn't. And uh, so I was way down in the points, but in a really good spot if I got solid finishes and I didn't want to know where I was in the points at all. I had, I was just, I told Renee, don't let me, she had done spreadsheets full of it. She knew exactly where we were based on it. If everybody else finished in any other position, she knew where I needed to finish. Uh, so I was running in fourth, I think in the first race and I had a really aggressive guy behind me and I radioed in and I said, if I finish fourth, how does that look in points? She was like, I really like where you're at. And I radioed in and said, if I got to let this guy go by me, cause he's being a little crazy where, what if I finished fifth? And she said, I really like you in fifth. Um, ended up finishing third in that race and the winner got disqualified. So I got points for second, um, which meant that, uh, the next morning I was just explaining to her in the, in the, uh, the grid area. Um, I wasn't sure if she had seen this part of the rules that if you finish half distance of the race, you automatically get points for last place, which would have been ninth. And I was just telling her, this is what, this is the rule, but we're not in that situation. Right. And she cracks a little grin and she goes, we are. So from the start of the weekend through the start of the first, the last race, I didn't know where I was in points, but going into the last race, I knew all I needed to do was finish half distance. Um, so I was starting, I think I started second, I was running third on the first lap. And then there was this little debacle and I ended up in first and the car was like the best it's been all year. It was just absolutely hooked up. And I kind of drove away from the field a little bit. And, uh, then we had a caution and after the restart, the car wasn't as good and I ended up finishing second by an inch. It was painful. Oh, geez. Um, but because I had finished, I finished half distance, leading way early in the race or, or way earlier before that. And she radioed on and said, congratulations, you won the championship. Now go win this thing. That's so, rad. so that was, yeah, that was, they actually got video of her saying that, that, and then I think someone posted it. So I have video of her reacting to that, but 
that was super, super cool. So I think my favorite part of the whole weekend was actually they do a crew of the year award and it's voted by all the other teams in your class. So all the other TCB teams voted for who they thought was crew of the year. And we won that. So they acknowledged that we had basically volunteers at every race. They, it was, I mean, Renee was at every race and then we had Andy Hollis or Blake Meredith or Mike Taylor, whoever was available. Um, and the other teams who are, you know, big professional teams with haulers and everything, they voted us crew of the year, That's which so cool. or them, them, not even us. I didn't do anything them. So <laughs> it was like, that was the coolest part. So we were, we we're at the banquet. Right. And we, we knew that, you know, obviously my award was going to be later on. So we weren't really paying attention. And they announced black armor helmets was the crew of the year. And I kind of like perked up. It was like, Holy shit, that's us. And I like stood up and I'm pointing at Renee and she realizes what's going on. And she stood up so fast, her chair went flying behind her and we're like screaming and she's going up and getting her trophy. And it was bigger than the, the, the year end points trophy. <laughs> so she's like, yeah, mine's bigger than yours. <laughs> she like Renee loves trophies. So she was like, just absolutely thrilled with that. And I was like, so happy. Cause I completely, I was, I knew that that award existed, but I kind of didn't think that we would get acknowledged by the other teams for that because we're just the little open hauler with a pop-up tent kind of thing. And they did. So I was really, I, I felt like we definitely, they, they definitely earned that, but I was just thrilled for them to get that. So cool, man. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was like the highlight Yeah, I'm, on top I'm... of, uh, on top of winning the championship. That was definitely like the big thing. That would always help. That would help a little bit too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really impressive job, man. It was fun to watch your races uh, on live streaming whenever I had uh, Wi-Fi or enough cell phone coverage to do it. So yeah, yeah. Oh, the, and the uh, TV—I didn't get to watch the broadcast, but apparently the broadcast was awesome from Laguna. Is—is—is um, uh, is, is that available anywhere uh, for download at all? Uh, not for download, but they do—they do a YouTube like private link that I can—I'm allowed to send out after three days after the broadcast. Oh, so I can send you that if you want. Yeah, I would love to watch that. I'm not doing anything during my coffee tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna have a two-hour coffee break? Uh, No, I won't. I won't. I won't be able to do it all in one day. (laughs) I usually I usually get up about five forty-five just so I have about half an hour to myself before I have a two-year-old running around talking about Peppa Pig. So we uh, we might get about ten minutes of it in. Got it. Because I usually have to clean up the dog's vomit in the morning because uh, she has a stomach thing right now. And then I have to take her for a walk. So it's really fun here. It's super fun. I need an RV. Hashtag adult. Yeah. <laughs> I need to move away. I need a house so I can run away from my family. The, that's what the RV is for. Yeah, I know. That's what I, that's what I need. I need that in my life. I need, to, I need to wake up somewhere where somebody's not puking or screaming. <laughs> It's uh, it's actually kind of refreshing going to uh, to our grid life events or Hanumate or race weekends and then getting no sleep and just waking up and nobody's yelling. <laughs> it's it's so great. <laughs> nobody's yelling. It's usually Austin snoring or or Mike giggling, Brzezinski snoring or Austin machine gun coughing <laughs> because he has because he came off cigarettes. <laughs> Yeah, remember at ITR Expo years ago, and when we had, we were in a hotel room together, Austin, and you were smoking heavily that was back bad. then. That's where that's where it came from. Yep, and and you were machine gun coughing. You woke everybody up in the middle of the night. <laughs> Apparently, I was giggling was in my sleep coughing. too. 
I, I picture like you know the machine gun noise that it makes like do 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 or like yeah. oh, 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 just picture that's the cough. Oh my god. Yeah, Austin sounded terrible. <laughs> it's pretty right it's pretty bad. You should get yeah. that checked out. Does that still happen? No, no, not at all. No, okay, good. He's he's all good now. He's a healthy. You got boy. better. I got better. Yeah. He's not. He wasn't dead yet. No, nope. dead yet. Not yet. <laughs> I was legitimately. This is like the second weekend I had ever hung out with Austin. I was like, dude, is it, are you okay, man? <laughs> how much? How much? Is this how, how many packs do you smoke, bro? <laughs> he's this healthy, virile-looking, strapping young man with a. a beautiful coiffed hair mane of and, hair and uh and and coughs like a 70 year old <laughs> <laughs> but uh that i think i was drinking Walmart i also i also time, drink so. metamucil oh geez and i smell like get- uh i smell like ben gay this is a weird podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah we uh how much time uh do you have to devote to this idiocy tonight tom I got nothing better to do. <laughs> Is that an appropriate good. answer? Was that rude? I don't rude? know if that's good or bad. <laughs> uh, well, what are you doing all winter? What uh, What are your off-season plans? Uh, well, there, I mean, there's a lot of planning and stuff going into next year right now. Um, I'm trying to get as much seat time as possible, so I'm going to go to the cart track as much as I can. Um, the Let's see. The the ride and drive work that I do, especially with Dodge, comes up starting in January, so I'll start traveling again then. But right now it's just a lot of planning and, and working on being as prepared to uh, not have any time again once I start traveling. Do you uh, do you have any idea what you're doing with, uh, with SCCA, with Track Night in America next year? Uh, probably pretty similar. Um, doing, you know, running the events, traveling. I, I talked to them about that and that's my favorite part about it, going to the tracks and being on the ground type of thing. So yeah. I'd love to take more of a, um, like an experiential role, um, versus the operational role that I have now. So we might try to work on that a little bit. I know we have a big focus on involving, um, you know, we'd love to get local car clubs and local groups of, you know, enthusiasts or boy scout troops to do their pinewood derby or whatever we can to make it more of like a culture and experience type feel rather than just a track day which is already fun enough so uh i i want to put some more time into that that would be cool cool um that's that's about it right now how how many of those did you do this year like 25 or 30 or something like that oh no no way more than that um or maybe um, maybe I'm thinking of 25 and 30 like when we talked to you like in July. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean about between one and three a week from the middle of April to the end of September. Wow. So probably 50-ish. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of traveling, man. You get sick of traveling ever or no? Um, The exoticness of it has worn off for sure, yeah. but I don't. I'm not tired of it yet. Um, I actually drive a lot for track night. If it's like less than six or seven hours, I drive rather than fly. So that's kind of more cathartic than man after my own heart. Yeah. What? Said a man after my own heart. Yeah. I just turn on a podcast or like music and blow my voice out singing in private. (laughs) (laughs) What, uh, what are you street driving nowadays? Uh, I still have my Miata that, that O2 Miata. Um, 
hopefully getting something new soon, but I don't know what yet. I don't I haven't worked on that yet. <laughs> Need to lean on one of those car manufacturers, Dodge or Honda or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know the new SI just came out. I'm like looks pretty interesting. Just get a Honda Jason. Fit. Another Honda Fit. Yeah. I could or I could just daily drive this other this the black car. I could Yeah, just just tag that thing, the street tag, yeah. man, and uh, license plates. It's already and titled everything. So when I got back, when I got back from our last Grid Life event, I was all about fits. And Adam goes, "You know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Tom still has his, and that you could plate it and drive it to work." Yep. Which would be oh. pretty rad. Not Does gonna it lie. have AC, Tom? No. Oh, I don't. I don't need AC. But he's in Southern California. Ain't yeah, you don't bad. need AC. That's true. But I, I have. I'm. I'm like. 99% confident you'll see that car at a grid life for a, for a fit, whatever. What did you call it? Spec fit? Spec fit. Spec fit. I don't know if yeah. it fits in spec fit, but it'll be at one of them at well, least. The exhibition the class. Well, I, I think it'll actually fit if it's, if it's weight, if the weight is equivalent. Um, and it's on street it's tires. Be, yeah. It's going to be 200 treadwear tires or higher. Uh, like just like lemons or chump or whatever. Uh, yep. 205s or smaller. Um, because 225s, you need to roll the, the fenders pretty heavily. Um, and uh, bolt-on suspension, so no custom modifying of uh, the tub or the chassis to make a bolt-on. Um, single adjustable only uh, or less. And uh, sway bars and stuff are all free and unlimited. Exhaust, header, and intake are unlimited. Um, and then if you have a roll cage and stuff like yours, then as long as it's equivalent weight to the stuff you remove or if you add weight back in, then we're, we're, we're probably going to allow that. So it'll be, you know, basically just OEM fit weight, which would be like, I think, 2,600 empty for first gens and then 2,700 for second gens. So uh, we weighed, I think we weighed about half a dozen first gens and then two second gens at the last Grid Life event. So. Uh, I'll have uh, scales there, so as long as it meets, you know, rough equivalent weight. Um, and I think we're going to compensate for like a 180-pound driver, um, as long as you're at average person weight. So that'll well, be. It would definitely fit in that right now. Uh, yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're you're a little bit out of your element here with Austin. He he. Uh, <laughs> He's the pun king, but but yeah, you snuck you snuck one in there. I'm surprised he didn't come in, come up with some. No, nah, I've been I've been trying to be a good boy. Yeah, now you be, I love your puns, dude. <laughs> have, lately, people have been listening to like really punny episodes. I think because um, because uh, we've been Austin, drunk recently. Well, Austin and I get tagged in like weird Facebook posts of like people making puns, and it's it's like. Oh, he must have just listened to that really bad pun-filled one. <laughs> it, uh, it, it's kind of weird when people send you weird pun uh, websites and stuff, too. Kind of weirds me out. We have, we, have a, we have loyal fans, I guess. I'll take it. Yeah, even if it's just pun humor, I'll take it. Yeah. I guess if we got to be known for something, pun humor and dad jokes aren't the worst thing in the world. No, absolutely not. Those are like top two, yeah. Those are good things, so... Um, any uh, any other rad plans for for next year? Any other events you want to do or anything? Um, no, I'm, I'm talking to Austin. I don't want to hear from you, Tom. Oh, tell us, Austin. Uh, oh, I'm me? <laughs> Where are you taking your sports wagon or whatever they call it? Uh, straight to the dealership. <laughs> oh, my sportsmobile. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I probably won't be able to afford to take it anywhere. I'll just have to park yeah. it on the street and live in it. <laughs> 
Um, no, t- Tom, uh, do you have any anything cool that you're looking to do uh, next year? Anything that uh, maybe people listening can help line up for you? Well, I mean, like I said, I want to do. I mean, this this weekend will be the first little intro to like stock cars on a road course, but I really want to do something like that, kind of like break the mold of driving relatively slow front wheel drive cars on racetracks. That would be cool. Um, I just want to go to as many events as possible next year. I'd love to get into a little more instructing and a little more involved in, in different areas. And I don't know, I would be happy just getting a, getting a car and going and sleeping in it and going to as many racetracks as possible all year. Sounds like you're already doing that a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're, uh, you're cordially invited to help us with any grid life event, please. There we go. Austin could always use your help. I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure I, I'm sure I could put you to use otherwise. (laughs) You guys are going to road Atlanta again, right? That's the plan, yeah. Um, nothing's totally finalized, but that is uh, currently on the schedule. Schedule should mostly be announced next week. Um, yeah, if you uh, you got to bring that RV, Tom. Well, things might be based a little more southern than Cincinnati for me next year, so that would be you really move. You move I mean, no, maybe not my body, maybe not myself, but <laughs> maybe not my body. My things, yeah. <laughs> my um, my things related to this might be based a little more southern, so. That would be that would be perfect to have it in in Atlanta. Yeah, the uh, hopefully the Atlanta event happens. Uh, we've gotten a couple of offers from other tracks that are kind of intriguing, but Atlanta's like the place. If you're going to do one of these festival things, that's like the venue. But um, and uh, we should have a what about Ohio. the Corvette Museum. Are you allowed to talk uh, we about talk- that? Uh, we talked to or Corvette Museum has talked to Chris, um, but this year doesn't quite next year doesn't quite fit yet. So that, oh, that's, the noise would be tough to having a concert. We, yeah, we couldn't do a festival there. That wouldn't work. And then a lot of our cars are loud and they don't have any great uh, dates that fit with our other dates. They've got some good dates, but like either same weekend is something that we're already committed to or uh, like Chris is. We've talked about it casually, but nothing really works out that great. So. Gotcha. Is um, Mid Ohio a festival or is it just a Mid Ohio should be happening in April. It'll be a time attack HPDE uh, kind of thing. So um, nice. it's uh, yeah we've got we've got a it'll be early like our first it'll be round one um, and that'll be we should like Chris should sign the contract next week if we if we're doing it. It sounds like we're doing it. I just got an email from the track manager of of uh, Mid Ohio. So everything looks like it'll work. So hopefully that one is our, our way to get because to, to get eventually I'd love to do a festival in mid Ohio because it's like the perfect place for it because um, they've got tons of parking and like cordoned off areas that you could like put a car show or put an autocross or put a, a, a concert uh, with yep. fences and everything even, you know. Um, but in order to get on their schedule for like a good weekend, like you got to like just get on their schedule. So uh, this is the only real weekend that we can do. Um, and they offered it to us because they want us to be on their schedule uh, in the future for for rad weekends that come available. So um, this will be us uh, figuring out how to do events in Mid Ohio, hopefully. So that's the plan. But yeah, we'd love to have you, man. What are you doing That'd in March? Cool. Uh, do you have you have a lot of plans in March or no? Um, I might be doing the SCCA majors in March again. I think it's like March twenty. Where is that? At uh, Road Atlanta. I I don't know anything about March, so I'll put it on my calendar and uh, who knows. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I might be bringing multiple cars down there, and if uh, if you want to drive, what anything, else do you have? 
Uh, well, I might have an extra. I might have two STL cars next year. So. Oh. I'm building another one. I keep one finding right my now. way into these STL cars. So. I'm building I mean, one out of parts, and then this my current car will be a rental slash beat the beat the snot out of a car. Um, gotcha. I don't know if I'm gonna have the money to finish it. So I don't know. Uh, I I would I would ideally like to just uh, uh, enter myself, and then you can drive. <laughs> Give me some well, good points. The other thing Good. I was going to say was like runoffs, obviously at Indy. I'm, I'm not in the camp of Indy is like a pinnacle thing for me. Cause yeah. some, I, I, I've heard that like generationally Indy used to mean a lot more to people than it does now. And also it's just never been, I'm never, I have never been a huge Indy car guy, so I don't hold it in that regard necessarily, but I just want to do the runoffs really badly. So, uh, finding something to do the runoffs in would be also really exciting, but I just haven't, thought of uh i don't have a car to do it in and i don't have the budget to go rent something to go win so i gotta find something else right yeah if i have two cars and nobody's renting one of them you can feel free to uh show me just how fast one of them can be (laughs) (laughs) i I, indie runoffs next year i think it's going to bring a lot of cars out i think so too uh, i know austin's not an scca guy but um i never said that well, I know, but you're you lean more towards NASA because that's where you came up in. Yeah. But uh, um, but I mean, any car guy can be like, oh, well, I could see how. Yeah, I can see how Indy's a draw. I think SCCA oh, yeah. is going to have a good year because of it. I mean, the fact that people are trying to rent cars at a vintage weekend through the year just so they can drive any configuration of the Indianapolis road course. Yeah. Is pretty yeah. telling that it's going to be a big deal. Hey, you guys want to hear a secret? Austin, you're going to love this. Sure. Brad Adams. Brad Adams wants to do indie runoffs. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's right in Brad town. Adams. What's that? It's right in town. I know, but that means Brad Adams can't race NASA. He's going to race SCCA. Ah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, he he and I and Eric Cattill and Christian Ship are in a group chat all the time, um, and I I I think there's a pretty good chance that Brad might be an SC, SCCA guy next year for a year, <laughs> which he, uh, Brad uh, Tom Brad is like. Uh, He's like the unofficial spokesperson for Honda Challenge and NASA. Okay, uh, he does he does a good job. He's brought a lot of people into you know interest in into uh, uh, Honda Challenge too, like a, especially a lot of our Midwest buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I know a bunch of them are going to listen to this and they're going to they're going to text Brad so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so so bomb Brad's uh, Trader. bomb Brad's phone. Yeah, he might. Uh, there's a, I think there's a pretty good chance he's going to do it because it's indie. So I don't know. Uh, I wasn't super into indie like growing up, but um, I just I just reread one of my favorite books ever, which was Andy Granatelli. Uh, the uh, I forget what the name of the book is right now. It's on my it's on my uh, my shelf in my office. But um, he was uh, kind of a famous indie car guy back in like the fifties, uh, and then he had a team. He was like the head of STP, uh, one with Mario Andretti in seventy six, I think, or sixty seven. I can't remember. Um, but, uh, his, his book is awesome. It's, it's like his life story and it really made me want to run Indy. So if, uh, if I can squeeze it into my schedule, I'm going to do it. Well, uh, it would be cool this year. Qualifying is the, yeah, the, the hard part. Just going. Oh weekends. yeah. 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 Just taking the time to do all of it. Yeah. yeah. Just doing enough weekends. But <coughs> did you go to Indy 500 this year? Yeah, this was that was my first 500, which was obviously the fifth, the hundredth. So it was like a huge pomp and circumstance type thing. And, that was enough to make me understand like, okay, this is, I, I get it. Like yeah. this is, this is a huge thing. 
Um, so that was like my first taste of it. Yeah, I, I, I want to go. I, I just want to drive around on that track, like the track that my grandpa idolized growing up. And then he raced stock cars. And he never got there. And he used to go to the Indy 500 all the time. My uncles used to go to the Indy 500 all the time. Um, like it's, it's uh, and, and like everybody's got that same story, you know, like, oh, man, mm-hmm. we went to the Indy so many times. And um, they, I, I would just like to, to drive around and run and even just, you know, be a back marker in a championship race at that track is i think there's there's something special to it f1's been there indy's been there for you know 100 115 years or something crazy and mm-hmm. uh, like the longest it's the longest running uh, continuous race in the world and i don't know we went to uh those the red bull air races that were there um the group of us um and that was really cool to watch we were sitting in like the turn three turn four grandstands so we could see part of the 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 i guess turn one through whatever sequence there and we're like uh dave o'malley was with us and he's going to run stl next year we're like you're going to be racing there next year next year (laughs) next year (laughs) at at runoffs he was sitting right i talked to him and jenny for a while and uh he's been messaging me about stl stuff now and he he, that dude is geeked about it he's pumped man oh yeah uh, and he's fast too he Uh, is very fast he'll be be a lot of fast guys in stl uh, we'll see. It'll be a fun year, I think. But yeah, there either way. Well, maybe we'll drag Austin uh, the three thousand miles across the country for it. Try yeah. to. Yeah, I should have a little yeah. bit more time for vacation next year. I hope. Yeah. How many vacations do you? How many weeks of vacation do you get? Not very many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've you been fortunate get a fake enough. Job like I have, and then you can just do whatever <laughs> you want all the time. I tried that. It. It. In. Then I found an opportunity where I could move to California, and now I don't have that option anymore. <laughs> he did. Austin did roll a couple of grid life events into like work things, though. So far, so yeah. So hopefully we can continue to do that. <laughs> that could work out well. How, how about how about uh, how about the turbo manufacturer that shall not be named gets really cheap booths at grid life events, and you just have to go, and then you flake off on your duties of running the booth. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that might be able to happen. Yeah, that could be part of it. Yeah, we'll, we'll make we'll make something happen. We need we need we need uh, uh, our chief instructor Austin to be there. <laughs> yeah, you guys did a good job this year. So it was uh, it it was work, but it was a it's a long year, man. Yeah, and Such I think next year is going to be even longer. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully. Uh, yeah, f- for like you and I, it'll be longer. There won't be many more like track battle, time attack stuff. But no, HPDE, it's it might be another event or two even. So. Yeah, there's uh, but, there's certainly no lack of uh, of events to attend yeah. and help run. We need a bigger we need a bigger staff. Yeah. <laughs> Just what, that's what we need. Well, we're we're into this thing for a while. You guys want to talk about anything else? Um, I think I'm good for now. Yeah, I'm starting. It's like starting to get to be that that dinner time. I need a drink of water. My voice is really getting dry here. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been downing some uh, some Tito's and Fresca. Oh my! Which actually works really relaxed. well. Um, Matt Farah introduced it to me when I was having dinner with him. Yeah, that uh, that doesn't sound like a bad drink. No, it's and it dude f- it, it masks. You can mix it like one to one, and it masks really? the vodka so well. I'm gonna go. It's actually, buy probably some very dangerous. Tito's. What's that? It's actually probably very dangerous. 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's probably that's part of the problem with gin and tonics with me is it masks it completely, and gin will smack you in the ass, <laughs> and uh, and I usually it sneaks up on me, and then I stand up and you fall over. So. <laughs> <laughs> this Don't make is horrible, bit. and I would I do not condone this in any way, shape, or form. But right before the fo- the twenty four hour stint, the first stint that I did was at four a.m. and actually went out with a group of people bef- like during the race. Before my first stint, <laughs> to to a bar, <laughs> to a bar, a couple <laughs> bars, and I was very I was very adult and um, appropriate, but my first stint was slightly fueled by Red Bull and vodkas. Oh my gosh! And I was powered through it. So there you go, Tito's and Fresca. Hey, hey, it might work for go karting for you. So good. How did you guys finish, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> well, we had like the worst strategy in the entire world. So we ran the six layouts, right? The one layout forward backward is like 22 second laps the full thing is 53 second laps and then the other half is like 29 second laps and um we ran the short one first and then we ran the long one overnight and we ran the the other short one last and uh we did a bunch of stops on the short one and then we did super long stints on the long track and then we did a lot of pit stops on the short track so we went a bunch of laps down on the short track and we made all of it up overnight on the long track and then ended by going a bunch more laps down <laughs> on the short track again. So we had a terrible strategy, but but like I said, it was because we had people coming and going, and we didn't really have a choice. So we drove fast and finished fourth. That's not bad. How like many cars? Fifteen laps down. How many cars started it? Seven. That's that's a long night with seven carts. Yes, <laughs> yes, it was. Oh my gosh. And how was uh, how was uh, Red Bull and vodka uh, as a as a hydra- as a hydration tool? Well, I stopped at like midnight, so I had four hours to be fine, and I oh, was that's fine. not that bad. No, that's was, not that bad. That's no fun. I think I would have been just as bad <laughs> if I. It would have been just as bad if I was if I hadn't gone to a bar beforehand. Well, we ha- I, I mean we we might know somebody that has access to a carting facility. Can we have our own private event? Um, that is unsanctioned. That has to do with um, drinks, drinks and go karts. <laughs> Can we do some experiments? <laughs> <laughs> those have, those experiments have been done unofficially, and I can tell you it works to a point. <laughs> to a point. Or I heard it works to a point. <laughs> so that. I've been told. Some guy. Some guy told you. I, I want to be that guy. I, that sounds like fun. <laughs> How about uh, Austin? Are you planning on maybe being in Cincinnati during when is that? Uh, when's the Mid- Midwest Motorsports Expo? February. Oh, shit, I forget. You know, Cincinnati's not that far away from Indy. I don't have a flight after PRI until Sunday night at seven. Oh, it's oh. a lot longer than that. Just saying. No, yeah, maybe maybe right after PRI we need to have some testing done. Yeah, I think we need to go to Cincinnati and do some, uh, yeah. you know, some qualification. Oh, tests. I see what you're getting at. I got. It. <laughs> <laughs> I thought what? you were talking about the Great Lakes Racing Expo. No, no, no. Can't no. Stick around we're going to be long. in Cincinnati for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> like three That's months. In February. <laughs> I heard there was a Great Lakes Racing Expo. I'm just waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> Get really I mean, good at slot cars in the meantime. In the that uh, that could be a fun uh, a fun after PRI uh, trip. It's like what, what like three hours, four hours? No, it's two. But it's there's two. three it's car close. tracks in in Indy. Do yeah, you but, do you have any reciprocal agreements one. with any of them? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I get no no touche. Any any reciprocal <laughs> agreements with any of them? 
Um, that, well, the one that Sarah Fisher just opened up, actually, um, my dad's facility worked with them a little to get them off the ground. So maybe. Oh, that one has an oval, too, don't they? It does. I've heard the oval is super fun. I've heard the yeah. go-karts are really slow. Uh, and it's two stories also. So it, I've heard this. I haven't been, but I've heard that they have a hard time getting up the hill. And if you don't take the previous corner just right, they won't make it up the hill. So it's like a B-spec car. Right. That's on the road course. But I've heard the oval is really fun. So maybe <laughs> yeah. we should go check out the oval. Right. Adam said the oval is rad. Because so. it's like a tiny little short track. Yeah. And uh, Rad said it's Brad. I've been saying rad a lot. Me too, I've man. Actually it's been, a Cal- California getting, thing. <laughs> I've been getting messages from listeners saying that you say rat a lot. <laughs> Have you ever met Darren Seltzer? No, I haven't. Do you know who that is? Brian, yeah, Brian I Seltzer don't... Orchestra? Yeah. Yeah, Same yeah, big band. Yeah. No, Brian, uh, <laughs> I forgot his name. Darren Seltzer is, he's out of Florida, and he also says rad all the time. So you two should hang out. It would be like dividing by zero. I, it, I mean, we just we'd just be saying rad too much, and everyone would look like we're idiots. Everybody looks at me like I'm an idiot most of the time. So, um, rad, we, rad, 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 rad. Rad's a good word, man. I I don't know why I say it so much though. It's rad, You should start saying I, saying the whole thing. Say radical. That's so radical, bro. That that I only like saying radical when I'm talking about high abuse of power two seat sports racers. <laughs> <laughs> Such a terrible word. It's so eighties. <laughs> Well, yeah. Speaking of which, Tom, if you need to drive something, you need to drive a radical. Yeah, I do. Oh Can my you gosh, make that happen? So rad. Uh, maybe we have a couple. Did of you them mean show- to just say they're so rad, or did that happen organically? <laughs> did I really just say that? Oh, yeah. Terrible. <laughs> just doesn't even notice anymore. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, I I rode in I rode in our buddy Scott's um, at uh, Blackhawk Farms, and he had never been on Blackhawk, and I had never been on Blackhawk. And, uh, like we went out and like this really fast Evo was like up our butt and he's just like, and uh, he waves at him and, and he would pull away from him in the straightaway and the Evo would get him in the back section, like two laps in. And then all of a sudden the Evo was gone. Scott figured the track out and that car, oh my gosh, it was pulling my helmet off my head. Um, cause the air, I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have a helmet with like a, whatever you call it, like a splitter neck you know, anything on it. And it was, I had to have my, my pinky around the, around my helmet to hold it down. Cause it was sucking the helmet off of my head from the air. And That's it was awesome. It was the coolest. I, I, I'm a bad passenger in a car, but man, what a cool way to learn a track is on something like that. Oh, so cool. They are just, did you then awesome drive car. it in your CRX and go, Oh, this isn't as fun. It well, I drove my CRX and like right afterwards and like within two laps, I was like within two seconds of the track record. Like it because it felt like I was going so slow compared to that radical. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not scared of it at all. You're just like, no, ah. it was like I, I wasn't lost like two or three laps. I was like, well, in the low 120s. I think the track record uh, was like a 20 or 21 or something like that. But uh, what a what a fun track. But riding around in that radical was so cool. If you get the chance to drive one of those, we uh, maybe we can uh, put you in Scott's or who's that? Who's that dude that from Autobahn that has the black one? Austin? Oh, An- Antoine. Antoine, and, yeah. Antoine Camo, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we have a couple of them show up at our at our events, so they're very cool. They're so neat. And you they buy them for like so 30, 30 grand or so. They're not that bad for what they are. No, yeah, you can buy you can buy used ones really cheap, like for for what you get. You know, like you couldn't build an S two thousand for the for that amount of money to go that fast or be that like easy and consumable. No, not at all. The and important Scott, question is how many sportsmobiles could you get? You could, or Ooh. how many of those could you get for a sportsmobile? 
Uh, like probably one. a good two. Well, if you're buying brand new, you could probably buy three used radicals for a sportsmobile. Yes. All right. <laughs> sportsmobiles are, are quite expensive. Spec, series. spec sportsmobile? That'd no, be fun. The other way around. <laughs> oh. Sportsmobiles are slow, dude. You can't you can't race those. Have you seen those? Um, have those you seen those Japanese B- Dodge vans? Yeah. yeah. I thought you were gonna say, have you seen those B spec cars? It can't be any slower than that. <laughs> <laughs> our, our our buddy uh, Paco from Maximum Driftcast podcast. Uh, He's building just bought one. a Dodge van. Yeah. yeah. He bought a Dodge van. But... Is he gonna do what they did in those? To those like those Japanese ones. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they, they just had the dude that made that video on the show and talked about it the same day that Paco bought a Dodge van. <laughs> so yeah, the, the original the that... video, there's actually uh, like I think it was Daytona Magazine did a video back a couple years ago on those. It wasn't like as in depth, um, but the cinematography was really good. That's the first time I ever saw it. But yeah, I, I think I, looking I back, the first video a few years ago too, yeah. Yeah, I think looking back though, there's like posts on like Grassroots Motorsports forum about like suspension setup for them from like 2010. That uh, the the people that came up with with kind of making that series, um, I guess they they're all like uh, they're motorcycle racers. Yeah, they're all motorcycle racers. Yeah, and they use the only... they use those to haul their bikes. And most of those vans are, I think, uh, like uh, surplus uh, army from the from the U.S. Army bases there. Oh, so, really? Uh, yeah, they're all like huh. sold off cheap on like Army surplus websites or whatever. Because they didn't Dodge didn't sell those there. So, um, and that's like the only thing that you can fit a bunch of motorcycles in that is sold in Japan, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> Japanese people like tiny vehicles. Yeah, the, uh, yeah they're, those those are so rad. <laughs> oh no, I said it again. <laughs> we need like a, a curse jar for you, a rad yeah. jar. Yeah, I need a, I need to, uh, I need, I need to just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, any uh, any any closing thoughts for uh, for this show, Tom? Um, I'm really excited about PRI. Yeah, PRI would be fun. Yeah, we all your cool announcements. It's always announcements a good time. We'll the see. uh are you gonna, what what days are you going are you planning on being there the whole the I'll whole... be there all three. Yep. Okay. Cool. Sounds like fun. Maybe we'll have another show. Yep, yep, yep. I think we cool. need to have another Acapulco Joe show. Oh, I love that show. That was, so that was fun. Dinner such a good show. Is that a Mexican restaurant? Yes. yes. In downtown. Oh, did you do one from a Mexican restaurant? Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you know that Mexican restaurants are my favorite? No. Does it have free did... chips and salsa? Yes. Oh, I'm all in. Did you know the Mexican <laughs> restaurants are my favorite too, Tom? No, I didn't. Did we just become best friends? We just became soulmates. <laughs> <laughs> I want free chips and salsa and a margarita the size of my head at PR. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to make Jay Hare drive me down just so that I can drink. <laughs> the whole way down. <laughs> the, the, not the way down. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. You know, doesn't make you we'll find anything it in the corner more than yeah, Slumped over, hammered. <laughs> Adam made friends with everybody at PRI. Yeah, yeah, he was drunk the whole time. Super drunk. He didn't get <laughs> anything done. Um, yeah, I, I love Mexican restaurants and chips and salsa and margaritas. Uh, those are my favorite. They're they're totally my favorite. Mm-hmm. All right, it's a date. All right, sounds like fun. See you there in a few weeks, dude. Cool, awesome. Well, uh, rate and review us on iTunes, and where can people find you, Tom? Uh, TomoRacing.com, TomoRacing on Facebook, and at TomoRacing on Instagram and Twitter. Cool, cool. The uh, 
the the California sun should treat you nice, Austin, and we'll see you in the December cold in a few weeks. Yep, I can't <laughs> wait. Good luck, man. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for thanks, uh, thanks for coming on the show, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me again. Of course, anytime. We'll talk to you soon.